Welcome to episode six of the Faith to Influence podcast. I'm Justin Janowski, your host, and today my guest is Doug Pugh, who's an absolute online marketing and copywriting genius. He is a direct response copywriter, which means that he's really effective at using the written word to help people receive influence, to help people make decisions. He's great at emails. He's great at online marketing through ads. And he's also the author of Email Storytelling Secrets and the Rockstar Copywriting Framework, which he shares with us on today's episode. He's also a composer and a conductor. He's got a PhD of, in classical music, and he uses music to help people understand the connection between the written word and influence and decision making. I think that you'll find him to be as fascinating as I do. He is the very best in the industry at what he does. And in today's episode, he shares with us his story of how he went from a career in writing classical music to a career in online marketing and copywriting. He shares his background as a husband and a father of five with his sixth due in March and some of the tips and things that he does in his family to get results and to stay connected to what's really important. He actually talks about what causes people to take action and how to make sure that you're singing your customer's tune in the way that you speak and the way that you write. He also will share some of his most influential words and phrases that he uses in his emails to get people to open, to get people to pay attention, to get people to act. And he'll talk a bit about overcoming fear. The heart of the episode, though, is him sharing his Rockstar copywriting framework. And Rockstar stands for the real problem, opening the sale, convincing your prospect that you have the solution with a big promise you can back up, kicking their objections to the curb, story and solution, transformation, action, and results. And there's a lot of words there in just a few seconds. Doug's going to explain them really eloquently and help you be more influential in what you speak and in what you write. I know you're going to love the episode. As always, there's a free gift waiting for you at f2igift.com. I will explain more about that gift at the end of the episode. Enjoy. Doug Pugh is my guest. Doug, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, Justin. I'm glad to be here. So, Doug, if you listen to our first episode, I gave him a bit of a shout out in the Faith to Influence podcast's first ever episode because Doug is the reason why we started this podcast when we started it. He's the mentor I was referring to who kicked me in the butt and said, Justin, you have to have a podcast. It's so important and it's actually way easier than you think it's going to be. And that's just one of the ways in which Doug's mentored me. So, Doug, thanks so much for encouraging me and pushing me to start this podcast. For sure. You know, like the Joker says, all sometimes all it takes is a little push. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no doubt. And Doug and I met uh, at Ray Edwards' event, and we actually connected really in person and, and had a conversation with each other for the first time after that event. And we've been mentoring each other in different ways. And one of the ways in which Doug mentors me is through his copywriting and his ability to build and grow online businesses through funnels and emails. And he is to me, the expert, the king of growing an online funnel and growing your business through copywriting and emailing and all those things. And so he's got an exceptional gift, a lesson to share with everybody on all of that later on in the show. I want to start though, Doug, by asking you about you. And if you can just fill us a little bit in on your story, how you got to what you're doing right now, tell us a little bit about your family and sure. 
depending on who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Um, so I am a crazy music guy. I, I have a, a doctorate actually in, in classical music composition. I'm also an orchestra conductor. I like went full tilt crazy music guy in my education and, and in my profession. I was actually a professor for a while. Uh, anyway, that kind of, that kind of um, kicked me in the butt a little bit in some strange and crazy ways. It's, I won't go too deep into that, but I, I found myself kind of spiraling and wasn't sure what to do and kind of found out about this online marketing thing. I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. And so I, as I dug a little deeper, I learned about this, the, the art of copywriting, which is not like circle C copyright, like, like protecting your um, intellectual property, but actually writing words that sell things, kind of like being a salesman, but in print. Um, and so I got really excited about that because what, what I realized was the way of thinking about writing, say, an email or a sales letter or an ad, the, the persuasion was so similar to the persuasive music that I had learned to compose. I write a lot of music that's operatic or for churches. And it's like when I write for churches, I'm picking a text for the day and I, I want to write the music that encourages the listener to, you know, maybe it's repent or maybe it's come closer to God in this way or that it's persuasive writing, but of notes of on little black dots on lines. And I, that's like what I'm really good at. But now I found a new way to do it through, through writing words. It's so similar in my mind. So I, I just kind of dove in and went head first now I do this full time. I'm a full time copywriter and I just love it. And I've found ways actually to include my musical self into copywriting, which we'll hear about a little bit today on the podcast. But uh, you asked about my family. So I'm, I'm a husband and father. I have five kids. We have number six on the way in March. I think that's the same month you have number two coming, right? Yes. Yes. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. It's our second boy. We have four girls, one boy and one more boy on the way. Well, I wasn't expecting to ask about this this early in the episode, and yet I feel like we have to ask now, can you give some tips on how you run a successful business and lead your family being married and having five, almost six kids? How can you handle all of what's going on? It's got to be some kind of chaos at some times, I'd imagine. Most of the time it's chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, add to that, my wife also runs a business. It, it gets a little wild. Although I have to say, since she started running a business, it's really helped our marriage because we understand each other a little more about the, you know, the entrepreneurial craziness that mm. we kind of have to have to be a, a business owner. So we, we talk about it a lot and it's, it's date nights end up being talking about our businesses, but it's fun. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but as far as like the balance of it all, I mean, there's, first of all, I don't believe in balance. There's just, there's just no such thing. Mm -hmm. It's all a juggling act. And, you know, some days baby number five just needs attention and we just got to attend to that fire. And then work needs attention. And then the music lessons, it's this, this constant flux, constant mm -hmm. chaos. It's much more about like managing chaos than it is about some ideal, perfect, balanced life. Cause that's just, just, I don't know. I don't think that exists. Maybe it's in some green pasture far, far away that exists, but it's something that really grounds us. We are very dedicated to 
family prayer and family scripture reading every morning. Mm. And we're not perfect at it, um, especially if, you know, weekends we slack a little bit, but weekdays when kids are going to school, we have a very strict schedule. We get up at a certain time. We right away have family scripture reading and family prayer. Then everybody has to go practice their instruments because my wife's a musician too. All the kids play the violin and the piano. And so we have a bit of musical chaos in the house, which is fun <laughs> and crazy. Um, and, and then they can eat after that. Wow. Yeah, it's like Spooky, the famous violin <laughs> teacher said, we practice every day that we eat. Mm. So that's how we roll in our house. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Getting the priorities straight, getting some of the important stuff in, and then we eat. That's really good. Thanks, Doug. So you, and for our listeners, I know we've got a lot of salespeople. We've got a lot of entrepreneurs. Some of them have already taken their business online. Some of them are probably already very successful in their online business. For others of them, they're maybe in an industry where it's not normal to be online and they're just kind of inching into this or they're listening to this episode and they're thinking about, should I take my business online? Should I begin to engage in emails and online ads and, and do all these other things that I see people doing to grow their business? And you have a great tool that you've created called the Rockstar Copywriting Framework. And I want to ask if you can just share some of that with us and give the gift to all of our listeners of how to be persuasive online, how to grow their online following. Absolutely. If you want to follow along, uh, you can hop over to my website really quick, Douglas Pugh, D-O-U-G-L-A-S-P-E-W.com slash start. And right under the main thing, there's a couple freebies. And one of them is this rock star copywriting framework. I'm just going to kind of walk you through it. The, the purpose of this, I mean, you're a lot of, I think most of your audience, maybe all of your audience are into sales in some way. <laughs> this is going to be very similar. A lot of this, is, I'm focusing on more like, okay, all of your businesses to some degree involve email. Okay. So we're going to kind of focus this conversation on email but it can easily branch to like writing Facebook ads or if you need to write a sales page on your website for a program or for a coaching thing or for a sales package or, or, or a, a three-day retreat like the Faith to Influence retreats, right? Um, th this framework works for all of those things because it's much more about the sort of the order of persuasive thinking than it is about any kind of written structure kind of thing. So the idea, I, again, I'm, I'm a crazy music guy, so I want to make this accessible. So rock star, like we all have favorite songs. We all have favorite bands. And what is it about this, this music or this band that's so intoxicating? It's actually the same thing that makes a great email intoxicating or a great ad intoxicating. So actually the full title of this freebie is rock star copywriting framework and hit song email template. Okay, mm. so what we do is I'm going to walk you through the acronym Rockstar, where each letter is an ordered way of thinking about your person and how you're going to write to them. And we'll see how deep we get into the hit song template, but it's basically the, the scaffolding of an email. Like you need a good subject line. You need a good hook. You need this and this and this. And I won't get into this on the podcast, but there's a little bit of an example where I provide one of my winning emails that then there's an analysis where you can see each of the rock star components and each of the hit song components as I go through the email. So you have a source for when you're writing your emails and an example, a reference 
to, to look at. So let's dive in then to the, to the Rockstar acronym. Okay, so R. Now, this is, this is a way of thinking, remember, okay? So whether it's a Facebook ad or a sales page or whatever, you start with the R, which is the real problem that your person has, the raw pain, and you kind of rub it in, not in a mean way, but you call it out, okay? So just, just sitting and thinking about your people, like if I'm Justin Janowski and I am focusing on men who are in sales, who are also faith-based and have a family. Like, okay, what, just kind of sitting and thinking through, what's their real problem? Where does it hurt? And what would I, if I wanted to get them kind of, um, it's, it, sounds, it sounds terrible and awful, but it's like, if I wanted to sort of amplify that pain and make it hurt a little more, not for any mean reason, but to, to call it out, how would I rub it in? What words could I say or what like you could say to me, you could kind of call me out on something about how I use my tone of voice to my children. And that could easily be something that got me hyped up because I worry about that. I worry about being too over aggressive. Am I being angry? So we first we think about the R, the, what's their real problem, their real pain. Before you go forward, I, I want to respond to that, Doug, and share that I absolutely believe in what you're talking about. And I know it can sound scary and it can sound mean. And what we teach and what we know is true about sales and about human nature is that when we walk into a conversation, we have the opportunity to help somebody. The, if, we, if we imagine that there's a teeter-totter and on one side of the teeter-totter is make the change. Uh-huh. And on the other side of the teeter-totter is do nothing. we're not walking in to a teeter totter that is even that can easily fall to either side. We're walking into a teeter totter. That's got a massive pile of bricks on the side of do nothing. Human nature is to stay the same. And our old identity is like craving to hold on to who we've been to stay exactly the same. Even if we're in pain, most of us will unconsciously choose to remain in the pain that we know rather than pursue something that is unknown. Absolutely. Scary. And so what we really need to do if, in service of people is help them get enough leverage to be willing to take action, to do something, to better their life, to better their business, to grow the way that they're showing up as a husband or a father. And so many people, because they don't feel the pain that they're in, they avoid it, they distract themselves from it, they settle for acceptable rather than choosing exceptional. That's- and our job... As salespeople, our job as leaders is to help them feel enough pain and enough leverage and enough real truth of reality that they have the leverage needed to choose exceptional rather than acceptable to grow in all the ways that they want to. So good. Yeah. I mean, why? I mean, you know, a lot of people want to lose weight. Like, I'll raise my hand. I want to lose weight. But what is it that causes people to actually do it? Usually something awful happens. They go to the doctor and they realize they're about to be diabetic or maybe they have a heart attack or maybe, you know, it can be all these things. Then they're like extremely motivated, right? But there are ways to call out that thing in the way we write our emails. Like, for example, in my wife's business, her, her audience are women who are kind of young mothers. And um, we, I wrote this email this one time and just the subject line was the second time my husband abandoned me. Mm. It's like, wait, wait a minute. First of all, it happened more than once. 
And second of all, abandon, like that is their terrible fear, abandonment, right? So just by calling it out, that open rate was ridiculously high because they just had to know what was going on. So that's what I mean by kind of rub it in. And thank you're you. rubbing it in with love. Yes. In service, you know, and, and it takes courage <laughs> to love people enough <laughs> to tell them to the truth. The reality of like the painful truth that they're in. Yes. Just slap them out of it a little bit. Okay. So that's the R of the rock star. Next comes the O. We have to open the sale with a hook. That's the O. Every sales argument or, or situation, there's really two phases. There's the opening of the sale where you're happy to enter in to the conversation. And then there's the closing of the sale. But to, to open the sale, we have to hook people. Okay. So as you're, you think about the R, their real problem, their raw pain, then you think about, okay, well, what's going to then hook them into being okay with entering a conversation with me? Okay. And back down in, in, if you're looking at the document down on like page five or six, when you get into the hit song sales letter, there's some uh, hit song email template, excuse me. There's some tips about how to hook. I won't go into all the details now. We'll be here for two hours. Um, okay. The letter C is convince your prospect that you have the solution to their problem. Okay. So this is a very important psychological order. First, we, we ourselves as the marketer or the salesperson or, or the copywriter or the email writer think about the person. Okay, what's their pain? What are their pain points? Now, how do I call them out? How do I hook them by opening the sale with the hook? Now that I've got them in, let her see, how do I convince them that I can actually solve that? And you have to make a big promise. You've got to promise them that you can soothe that pain. So up to this point, the whole sales argument with your writing or in, or in person has been very emotional. And once you make that promise, logic comes in. Hmm. Like, oh, are they really going to actually be able to deliver on that promise? Which leads to letter K. And to start really convincing them that you can solve their problem with the promise you made is letter K. You kick their objections to the curb. And to do it, you call them out. You, you call out those objections. Like you might be thinking, like you make a big promise, you know, I can triple your open rates with email copywriting. And you're like, uh-huh, how are you going to do that? <laughs> so you can call it out. Like you might be thinking that I'm going to make you scam Google, or you might be thinking that, so whatever those objections are, and just taking a moment and writing down what are like the top three, top five objections that this person knowing their pain are, are probably going to come up with. Hmm. Okay. That's really, I love that because so many salespeople, so many marketers want to avoid objections and you're like, avoid, no, we're going to bring them right into the conversation. That's a rookie mistake. It really is because they will just run for the Hills. Hmm. They think you're lying to them. Because that's the natural thing. I, I tell people that I coach, like just this last week, I was with Ray Edwards at one of his events, a three-day thing. And on one of the days, I was the teacher. He stepped aside and I helped coach the people through writing a sales page for their three-day live events that they're going to put. And I suggested that this conversation came up. And I'm like, here's what you got to do. Find a picture online of a really skeptical looking person and print it out. And tape it to your computer screen while you're writing. 
because that's exactly how the person on the other side reading is feeling when they're reading your message. They are highly skeptical. And so by just naming the objections and say, you know, you're probably thinking this, I would be thinking that too, right? Cause I'm a consumer mm-hmm. that does a ton. Cause when you see that person across the table from you, give you the eye, it's like, okay, <laughs> you've got you to do something about that. Okay. Now this, this flows naturally to letter S which is story and solution. Now the reason story is so powerful here, especially to help overcome objections, is because stories do what is the most powerful form of proof. Okay, we have to provide proof that we can deliver. And the most powerful form of proof is demonstration. If you can demonstrate clearly, like I'm sure you did this with Cutco knives. I'm sure you had physical demonstrations, right? Yes. My wife with her MLM business, she's, she's a Norwex consultant. So it's all you know, microfibers and cleaning products. Just two nights ago, she had a party here at our home. There's this chicken demo that they do where they get a piece of raw chicken. They rub it on the thing. Then they get these protein testers because the thing that makes the bacteria stick is the, the protein. And so she swabbed it and she showed the color, how it's full of protein then she gets a wet cloth, a Norwex cloth with just water, no chemicals at all. And because of the ingredients in the cloth, the silver, and they have this backlock technology, she wipes it once or twice with just a wet rag. I'm not supposed to say rag. She gets mad when I say rag. <laughs> wet cloth and then swabs it again to see if the protein is still there and it's totally gone. Mm-hmm. And then what she does after that is she licks it. Wow. Where there was just raw chicken. Wow. Right? <laughs> That's demonstration, right? <laughs> no doubt. There's many other ways to do that. But whatever you're trying to show, to demonstrate, you have to be able to show them that it can actually do it. Okay. So a story can do that. Where if you're not in person with them, if you're writing an email, like how do I reach out and show you my raw chicken licking thing? You can't. So you, you have to tell some kind of story in words that does the same thing, that gives that picture in their mind that, holy crap, this can do it. Mm-hmm. There are many other types of proof, but stories are the best way. There's actually 17 types of proof. If you're interested in that, there's a great book by Vic Schwab that talks all about it. But demonstration is the number. Okay, so that leads then. That's the S of Rockstar. Now we go to transformation, which is letter T. The story shows the solution, it demonstrates it, and it leads to how your life will then be better at the end. And that's so crucial. And if you skip over that, if you don't spell it out for them, what the story means, it's, gonna, it's not going to land. And in an email, this can be done very quickly. It can just be a sentence or even half a sentence. That, that means you're going to experience this or because of this you're gonna have this and if you can specify with numbers or a demonstration all the more powerful but you gotta paint the transformation your life's gonna be so much better in a year because of this 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 this. Hmm. okay uh here's here's a little example so often um like well for example let's take you justin we just i helped you launch a membership site a little while ago and you're currently working on a digital course, I believe. Right. 
I don't know if that's public knowledge. Maybe I just let the cat out of the bag. I'm sorry if some I did. people Some people know. I'm happy with them to know. That's cool. We'll, we'll just leave it right there. Um, but when you're writing an email about this digital thing you're going to offer there, or, or a sales page, there's a part where you have to describe the deliverables. You're going to get X and Y and Z. And you can do that. Most people do it by just explaining the deliverables. Module one is about getting better sleep. Well, that's boring. Instead, explain the transformation by saying something like, in module one, titled Getting Better Sleep, you'll discover the 13 best tricks to getting sleep to sleep faster and staying asleep longer so you can wake up full of energy. Uh. Right? You paint the transformation after you deliver what it actually is. Way better. Way better, right? There's another example I heard someone give of a, a, a one-armed guy who's like a, a veteran of the war or something goes to buy a, a gar, um, not a garbage disposal, a, a can opener. He goes to the Home Depot to buy a can opener and the sales guy's like, oh yeah, let me tell you about this one. It's so awesome. It has this titanium thing and this super cool latch and da 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 And the, you know, the, the one-armed guy was super patient with him at the end. Um, he says, well, can it be used if I only have one arm? Hmm. The sales guy's like, oh gosh, I didn't even think of that. Like that's the thing, the, showing them that even in your situation, your life will be better, this transformation, okay? Hmm. So then the A of Rockstar is action. You got to ask for action. And that's the time to do it. After you've told the story and after you've explained the transformation of the details of what they're gonna get, that's the right time to ask for action. And I'm sure you know this Zig Ziglar quote of timid salesmen have skinny kids. Right? Mm -hmm. You got to lean in to the action. A lot of times it's like when we get nervous and we kind of backpedal, whether you're in person or in your writing. But no, this is the time to get excited. So be excited about your action and help them see what is next, letter R, the results. And this is what we call kind of like future casting. So like there's two roads that lead out before you, which one are you going to take? This one leads here, this one leads here, or what's your life going to be like a year from now? Again, it's this kind of painting this future picture. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's basically the rock star formula. Just to review really quick, the R is the real problem, the raw pain, you can rub it in. The O, you open the sale with a hook. The C, convince your prospect you have a solution with a promise. Letter key, letter K, you kick the objections to the curb. S, tell a story that shows the solution because it's the demonstration of the proof, which leads to letter T, the transformation. To letter A, you ask for action. And then R, you paint the picture of the results of their action. I love it. So that's kind of the subtext. That's, that's not actually like, this is how you do first, second, third of actual writing. It's the, it's the psychological subtext that's going on underneath. And I'll let you listeners get into the details of the hit song email template as you download it. I won't go on and on today, but it's basically there's these five components in a specific order that you write first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and you weave it with the Rockstar framework to get a solid piece of copy, whether it's your Facebook ad or your email or even an Instagram story, like the way that you talk on, on an Instagram story or on a podcast. It's just sort of the order of things that gets you, as I say, singing your customer's tune. 
they've got a song playing in their head. They've got the soundtrack of their life going. And instead of blast your music on them, find a way to sing in harmony with what's going on in their mind. And this is, this is the framework to do that. Awesome. Awesome. One of the things I, I love about you, Doug, is every time I talk to you, I feel like my vision is expanded. My ideas of what are possible is expanded. And you're always teaching me something new I've never thought of in online business because I'm new to this too. And so I'm wondering if, if we have some listeners who are listening in who've been delaying or they've been a little bit afraid to start sending emails or recording Facebook Live or start their podcast or whatever it is for them, their version of going online with their business, if they've been delaying out of fear, what would you tell them? Mm, I'm so glad you asked me this because just this morning, I recorded an episode of my podcast about this very topic. Mm. Here's the best way I can say it. Let's take another musical example, okay? I'm a composer. I write music. And that means I'm by myself a lot. I'm in my composer cave with my piano and I'm writing this music. Is it going to work? I hope so. I know the theory of it. I know how the instruments work. But the five seconds, the first five seconds of putting that music in front of an actual musician who plays it teaches me more than the five months I was sitting in my cave writing it because it's happening live and I, I can actually experience it. You will learn so much more from just doing it than sitting around thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So my advice would be just try it. The, I mean, what's going to happen is you'll probably fail at first. That's okay. It's not a failure. It's an experiment. Mm-hmm. Everything you do is an experiment. Sometimes they totally flop. Sometimes they work well. I can, I can tell you story after story of me putting a piece of music in front of an orchestra in graduate school as a doctoral student thinking I knew my stuff and it completely hit the floor. It was terrible. But then I knew exactly what to do. I knew exactly what to fix. And I came back. It was so much better a week later, but I found new things to fix. So it's the same. Like, you got to write an email. you got to reach out to your people. And it might suck the first one. You'll get some responses or you'll get some people telling you like, what the heck were you doing? Oh, okay. That's what I did wrong. Now I can go back a second time. But actually getting in the game or to take a football analogy, I see jerseys behind you, right? Like sitting on the bench and helping the, the offensive coordinator decide on the plays is great. But until you actually hold the football and throw it to the wide receiver, do you know you can throw the ball or make this play happen? You have to get in the game. So stop stopping, fail faster, and fail again and faster and faster. That's the key to winning is failing faster. Just get out and do it. Amen. Amen. And in my experience, I'll say that for me, what was holding me back oftentimes was the fear of what other people would think. No, oh, yeah. It was my own insecurities and self-consciousness and being on the camera or having my name at the end of the email or creating that first ad or even running the interview for our first podcast. Sure. All of these things were really scary for me. And, and I'll say that I remember one of the first big leaps of faith in putting myself out there that made me feel totally insecure was just doing a Facebook Live. Oh, yeah speaking and sharing something where there wasn't an interaction, there wasn't a back and forth that was live. I had to run the show. 
And I remember being so knotted up and scared. And what I'll say is now that feels really easy to do. And so for me, for all of these different things, almost everything we've done online in our business has felt scary at first. And as I've done them again and again, to your point of like failing forward, and even when I've had success, it still felt scary. Sure. Having the success is to put myself out there and know that there are some people who are probably judging. I just need to do it the second time, the third time, the fourth time, and it got easier every time too. And let me add something to that because this is a really key point that makes everything that I've said and everything that you've said really sing is put your personality into it. Mm. Like the Facebook live. I think so many people are nervous to get in front of a camera or in front of a microphone because they're afraid of letting their personality out of the bag. None of those great rock stars, rap stars, whatever kind of music you love, none of them are vanilla personalities. They're crazy personalities. They're, they're larger than life. You have a personality. Get it out there and don't be afraid of it. And that's what's going to make you stand out, having a personality and having a point of view because there's lots of salespeople. There's lots of copywriters. But I don't know of any other copywriter who has a PhD in classical music so I just like flaunt that as the day is long because it's unique to me and it's my personality and it's not going to resonate with everybody. And that's okay. Cause I can't serve everybody. I'm one human being. So use your personality. It will help you stand out and you know, just have fun and screw up and be okay and laugh about it. Cause the critics, I guarantee you almost a hundred percent of the time, the critics are the ones who haven't yet turned on the camera and who mm -hmm. haven't yet turned on the microphone. And they're sitting on the sidelines wishing they were in the game mm -hmm. to chicken. So you so just true. go for it. That's so true. So true. And ultimately to be successful, you have to be somewhat polarizing. Some people aren't going to agree with you. Some people aren't going to like you. And what we need to focus on is the people who are going to be part of our tribe. The people who are going to resonate with us. And even I, Jesus believed that he's like, yes. look, I would that you were cold or hot, but mm -hmm. because you're lukewarm, I will spew thee out of the mouth. So like, okay, none of this vanilla. You be chocolate fudge ripple or you be some crazy berry nastiness that I would never eat, but be something <laughs> and just stick to it. Yes. Yes. I love that. Go all in with who you really are. Yes. So I have one more question for you, okay. which is just to ask, I'm putting you on the spot here to ask what are some of your favorite words or favorite phrases to use in the written word that you just think this word, this phrase is influential or it calls people to action or it makes people curious just to get our listeners brains turning on and thinking of their own creative words and phrases. Yeah. Let me give you two principles for words that I love. And then I'll give you a couple that I actually love the specific words. The two principles are, I love action words, strong action words. I mean, adjectives and adverbs, you can do without them totally. If you can find a strong verb, like if I'm trying to depict Justin running away from a terrifying zombie monster on Halloween night in his bad dream, I could just say he ran away timidly or scaredly or but that's so blah. But if I say he bolted, mm. that's so different. It's visceral. Yeah. And 
this, which brings me to the second principle is it's visual. If you can use words that help the movie theater of your listeners or your reader's mind kick into gear, that is what you want. You want to tell them something that gets their mind involved. So really strong action words like bolt and punch. And I mean, not every audience is going to respond to punch and bolt. Those are very kind of masculine words. And but you can find other kind of Latin based words that work really well for a, a more feminine audience. Often the sort of Anglo-Saxon verbs work well for a male audience and the kind of, kind of Latin based words work for a female. That's, that's general, but find an action verb and find a visual, a visual word. Okay. A couple words that I love. The first one I thought of when you said that was the word wonder. I love the word wonder. Like I, I wrote an ad for um, somebody about the, a portable sewing table. And it was a two-word headline, portable wonder, because mm. they can move their sewing table wherever they want in the house. It's like, oh, my gosh, that's just freedom. And it, it kind of paints that in a word. It does the visual thing. It's a wonder. It makes them yeah. sort of salivate. Words like that, I just love. I think sometimes people think of, oh, copywriting. I've got to be clever and use words like perspicacity and vivaciousness and no, the goal is to do like third grade reading level. That's visceral because whenever anybody's reading your email, they've got their finger hovering over the delete key. And as soon as you make them think, delete, gone. So keep the reading level down. Don't use big words. Use short one, two syllable words, short sentences, crisp, short paragraphs, not long paragraphs. That's where you want to keep it. Mm, awesome. I love that so much. Thank you. Yeah, my thanks pleasure. so much for being on with us, Doug. This has been awesome. It's been really fun. And you have a gift. Thank you for sharing it with all of us. My pleasure. One more time, if they didn't already go there and download it, how can people get your rock star, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Tell us what it's called again and where to go and, and how to download it. Head over to douglaspew.com slash start, D-O-U-G-L-A-S-P-E-W.com slash start. And just below the header, there's a little section that says, boost your email conversions with one of my free cheat sheets. The very first one is rock star copywriting framework and the hit song email template. That's where it's at. Perfect. You're the best. Thanks, Thanks again. We'll talk soon. Okay. Take care. F2I Nation, thank you so much for listening in to today's episode. We've got a special gift for you that you can find at f2igift.com. It's an audio recording of some of our most treasured content called The Rules of Engagement. It's eight rules that are going to help you show up more powerfully in your business, show up more powerfully for your family, show up more powerfully in your relationship with God and your community, and really in everything that you do. We found that these eight rules really help people move the needle forward and become more of who God created them to be. We hope that you'll enjoy them. Again, there are gifts to you for free at f2igift.com. We'll see you next week.